Welcome to Living the Word Today, brought to you by Mount Calvary Baptist Church. We invite you to spend the next few minutes studying God's Word with your Bible teacher, Jesse Wagoner. Pastor Wagoner's desire for you is to not only understand God's truth, but to help you live it today. More resources can be found on our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Now it is time to open your heart and your Bible for your time in the Word. What a great song to sing together and just get our minds back on the things of the Lord. And I do want to thank you for joining us for this online worship service to join me as we pray together. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've given us uh, such a wonderful opportunity to serve our children. Lord, from the newborns to those that are just toddlers, babies, those that are preschoolers, those that are elementary, and those are middle schoolers. 
and even up into high school. We thank you for these that we have a chance to serve. And Lord, they are the next generation, and we want to say yes to that generation, say yes that we want to support them. We just want to take a moment now and pray for all those students, the students we know, and the students that are part of our church family and beyond. Lord, we pray that you'll give them protection, help them to, to develop their minds truly in the educational system, help them to overcome some of the added burdens of this, uh, the remnants of this pandemic and whatever that means for this school year. Give us, give us just patience and help us to endure. And Lord, uh, give our administrators and our government leaders wisdom to know how to uh, best accommodate the situation. And Father, we pray for our teachers. We pray, Lord, that they would know the, the significance of what they do as an example. And for those that are uh, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we know they can be in a shining example of what a Christian is to live like and to love like. And we just pray your blessing in their lives. We pray for our parents, Lord. And maybe there's some that are making decisions on how to educate their children. And Lord, there are those that are homeschooling their children, those who are in private schools, Christian schools, and those who are in the public schools. We just pray for parents that they'll have uh, just real wisdom and direction and provision for you to give them the, the, the assurance that how they educate their children is of you and give them the strength for that task. And Father, we just want to say yes spiritually to the next generation. Lord, we want to be about introducing them to Christ and helping them grow in Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the ministry of, of, of the children and the teens and the middle schoolers and the preschoolers here at Mount Calvary. We pray, Lord, for all who volunteer. And Lord, we pray that you may lay on, on the hearts of even some more to join as part of this volunteer team. And Lord, we just pray that you'll give uh, the ability to clearly to present the claims of Christ. We'll see that we'll see some children come and embrace faith in Christ and make their faith public through baptism in the coming weeks and months. We pray, Father, for uh, those that are Christian students that they'll be growing in you. We pray for our high schoolers and middle schoolers, Lord. They're in a in a difficult point in life. They face a lot of pressure. They face a lot of important decisions. We pray, Lord, that they will have your guidance, your leadership, and uh, we pray, Lord, for those on our staff that oversee these ministries for. Uh, for Pastor Tim Campbell, Lord, we just lift him up to you. Give him guidance and wisdom, and we thank you for his love and skill. We pray for Lisa Heller. She directs our family ministry and our ministry to elementary age, and we just pray, Lord, you'll give her grace, and thank you for her enthusiasm, her creativity, and her love for you. We pray for Caleb Ball. She oversees the, the ministry to our preschoolers, and thank you, Lord, for the love that you've given her for the children, and just pray you'll give her great direction and, and strength as she goes through this uh, next school year. So, Lord, we just pray that you'll help us to fully engaged through prayer, fully engaged through service as we serve the next generation. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to just support and care for through prayer and service these that you love so dearly. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, get ready. Let's sing together. You were the one at the beginning One with God
Thank you for joining me for part two of our study that we've entitled Portraits of Love, where Jesus paints some pictures with words to just tell us something very significant about himself and about us and what he wants us to be doing. Today, we're going to talk about the children. In chapter 18 and again in chapter 19, on two occasions, Jesus used children to be the picture, the illustration, if you will, of some things that you and I need to know. And we're going to go to chapter 19 first. We'll get back to chapter 18 in just a bit. So if you have your Bible ready, be, be ready in chapter 19, Gospel of Matthew. But today we want to simply do this. We need to say yes to the next generation. And we're going to talk about how we say yes as we go forward in this text. But I want to just plow right in. And I want to read here in chapter 19 where we have this interesting story. It begins in verse 13. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. And Jesus said, But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. Isn't that interesting? They brought to Jesus these little children that he might put his hands on them. And as it says, he might put his hands on them and pray. Well, what was that all about? Well, let me just start with this idea. And I'm going to share two kind of complementary ideas to help us say yes to the next generation. But here, first a don't and then a do. A don't. Don't overestimate 
our own importance. That means us as adults, okay? We kind of think that we are, you know, children are to be, you know, off the off the scene and and not thought about. We got to think about ourselves. So so they were bringing him them to Jesus. Now, this goes back to a tradition that they did, and it's pretty similar to traditions we do. We have a service at our church where uh, children are dedicated to the Lord. We pray over them. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I also want to remind us this, but not just to seek a holy man, but to seek a holy God. And I'll talk about what that means. It's, you know, they viewed the rabbis as in and of themselves being somehow super holy to God, that they had some touch, some connection to God above even the, the regular mortal human, if you want to say it that way. And that touch would matter. Well, the only thing that rabbi had was what he asked God for and what God chose to give. And sometimes they may were just using it sort of as a good luck charm. Now, many of them were sincere. Now, we understand Jesus is an exception because they weren't just bringing him to a holy man, what Jesus was, but they were bringing him to them to a holy God, which he was. And I just want to say that to remind us that ultimately we don't just bring people to some sort of a religious ritual, but we need to bring the next generation to an encounter with the living God. We need to introduce them to Jesus. We need to help them come to faith in Christ. So I just want to elevate that, and we don't want to overestimate the role of, of humans in the occasion, okay? And uh, make sure we don't do that. But secondly, let's just say it this way. Rather than obsessing over security, we need to find real security for our children, okay? So part of what they were doing, let's find a blessing that's going to protect them. And we live in a world that seeks to protect our children. It's all good. Now, if you're my age, you understand there's been a lot of changes in the world, a lot of things that uh, weren't there for us that are there for the generations today. Someone uh, gave me this recently. It says, I survived spankings, lead paint, rusty playgrounds, secondhand smoke, toy guns, no seatbelts, no helmets, and drinking from a hose. Uh, so somehow we survived all those things. But um, you know what? The things we do for our children are all well and good. But here's what I want to uh, mention to you is simply this. You know, bringing them to Jesus, praying for them is all a good thing. And that is the important thing. That's the supremely important thing. Because if we protect our children physically, as we should, that still does not do anything for them spiritually. We need to bring them to Jesus, which affords additional physical protection, but also protection throughout all eternity, the ultimate protection, security that lasts into eternity, not just time security, life security, but eternal security as well. So we need to remember now, we need to, and sometimes I think that obsession with taking care of our children, I think maybe the, the motivation is we don't want to be bad parents. We don't want to look, uh, you know, defective. We want to make sure everything's right and proper and per perfect. Now, I understand there's a motivation to do it well, but if you want to do it well, we need to bring our children to Jesus. They bring the children to Jesus. Now, there's also something else I want to say. Uh, rather than acting like an adult, we should have the faith of a child. So when it says in, in there, it says the disciples, but the disciples rebuked them. They thought this is an adult setting. This is for grownups. Why are you wasting the king's time with this, uh, this, this, these unruly children? Because you remember the disciples' mindset. Jesus is going to Jerusalem. He's going to set up a kingdom. We get to be part of his kingdom. We're going to get some really cool jobs in the, current, in the, in the coming administration. So they were focused on him being the king. doesn't have time for children. You don't bring kids to, to the king. Why are we wasting this time? Well, Jesus just slaps that down and says, you know, don't forbid them. Let the little children come to me. Now, he deals with this attitude back in chapter 18. Let us, let's go back to chapter 18, verse 1 where we find these words. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, 
Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Powerful illustration. He says, they were, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And I guess they all thought, ah, let it be me. <laughs> uh, maybe they said, let me be in the top, top three. Can I be in the top third of the class? But Jesus says, let me show you about greatness. He brings a little child and sets him down in the midst. Say, look at this child. What do you see? What are you looking at? He says, unless, you're, unless you become like this child, unless you change your ways, you're converted, you change everything, and, and you be like this little child, you, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, that would have rocked them back on their heels because this is what adults do. We, we do all these religious, holy, wonderful things, to, and we give to the poor and all these things. This is what gets us to heaven, right? No, Jesus says, no, no, it's all found in this child. He says, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It's all about humility. It's all about serving. But you think about the qualities of a child. They are humble. They're not out pushing themselves to the front like adults do. Uh, they are dependent. They realize they need others to get them through. That's the reason, you know, the skin knee leads to immediately a shout of, hey, mom, help. They also are, for the most part, honest. Honest with themselves. We need to be humble. We need to be open, honest. We need to understand their dependence or we will never come to Christ. Let me just say that to you. Maybe you're watching today and you've never put your faith in Christ. You don't, maybe don't even know quite what that means. Well, you need to humble yourself and know that this is, this is something that you need to recognize that all of us are sinners. And because of the sin, we are separated from God. The great news is he has done all that he needs to do to bring us back to God because Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins. I used the word dependent a moment ago. We need to know that we need to depend on him. That is where faith comes in. That's where trust comes in. Salvation is not a do-it-yourself project. It is a, a project that Jesus has fulfilled and that we accept on the basis of faith. With that in mind, trust in him. You can do that right now in the privacy of your own heart and soul. If you need help, we'd love to contact us here at the church. We'll have a conversation with you by email, text, in person, whatever we need to do just to share with you how you can become a follower of Christ and how you can put faith in Christ and have that assurance that your sins are forgiven, that God is in your life now, and someday you'll be taken to heaven with him and you'll enjoy all that eternal life given to you by God will grant you for all eternity. So he understands that. But then he also says something interesting in verse 5 of this passage. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. You want to serve me? You want to receive me? You want to honor me? You take care of these children. You, you receive these children. He's, and Jesus just elevates the, the worth of a child. That's what sort of makes chapter 19 so bad because he's just made this speech. You want to honor me? You receive children. And then they say, get those children out of here. They, the, the, the master doesn't have time to be blessing and praying over a bunch of unruly kids. They're going to mess everything up. And and kids do mess everything up, okay? They do scuff the floors and sometimes write on the walls, okay? But we serve Christ by serving these humble ones. And that's why we need to say yes to the next generation. And he says uh, he receives me. You know, notice how it's personal. You, you know, who receives these little children receives me. This is up close and personal in my life. This, this touches my heart. This, this gets my attention. This is what he gets excited about. 
So we started with this. We need to say yes to the next generation. We need to understand that we need to seek God in their lives and help them see God. We need help them find real security, and that's through faith in Christ. And rather than acting like the adults that we think we are, we need to just be like children and receive Him in humble faith. And we need to then serve the children in that same attitude. So how are we going to do that? Well, you know, uh, here at church, uh, uh, we, we encourage people to pray for our children. That's what we're going to do, pray for the next generation. So I'm calling you, I'm calling us to a commitment to pray for the children. Maybe that's some of the children that you know in your life and in your world. Maybe your own children, own grandchildren, other people's children. Uh, you can adopt them as a prayer partner, uh, and, and they will be the better for it as we do this. This is one of the ways we receive these children and this is how we honor Christ, to pray for them. So I call us to a commitment of regular, consistent prayer for Him. Now, let's go on to the second part of what I want to share with you today. We're going to be back in the chapter 19 passage, verses 13 and following. We, didn't, we don't want to overestimate our own importance. That's the adult mindset overlooking the children. But don't underestimate the next generation's importance. They're important. I want to look at what Jesus exactly said when He said, but Jesus said, this is now verse 14, but... Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Notice the phrase where he says, let the little children come to me. He wants them to come to me. He wants to bless them. He wants to touch them. He wants to have this encounter with them. And, and that just tells us that, that he loves children. By the way, that, isn't that what he calls us as believers in Christ, as all believers? He calls us his children. We are sons of God. We're children of God. We're heirs of God. What a great connection point what a great heart picture that is for us that he loves us that much in, in that way so just simply we want to say it this way the next generation needs to come to jesus he wants that he longs for that now you understand that in our uh, in our world there are different generations you know you got your baby boomers and your millennials and so forth well the the generation the sociologists have penned the term for the generation that is is currently the younger generation and anyone born from 1996 onward is known as Gen Z, Generation Z. That's kind of the common designator from it. I found an interesting article by Faith Dugan writing in Impact Magazine. Faith has a connection to us. Her father's a part of the church family, and Faith has been here in our fellowship many times. She's a, she's a trainer for Child Evangelism Fellowship. But let me just read a couple things about this generation to, just to highlight the fact that they need to come to Jesus. We need to be involved in it. Generation Z is a unique generational group. They are the first generation identified as digital natives. They are faced with unprecedented challenges but represent remarkable potential. They were born into a post-Christian culture. Preceding generations had a basic knowledge of a holy and loving God, the problem of sin, the person and work of Christ, and the Bible that teaches these truths. But this is not the case with most of Generation Z. More than post-Christian, they don't even have a memory of the gospel. Oh, and as we're aware of this, we need to do some things differently. And I would just simply say, thank you, Faith, for those help us understand. So you, you see what she's saying in this. The Gen Z, the, and that's anyone 24 and under currently right now as I record this, that they uh, don't even have the culture pushing them. There might have been a day when we just hung a sign outside our church door and said Sunday school in a time and children would flock in because the culture had some... Christianity to it or some remnants of Christianity to it and people knew that it was a value and parents would send their children to Sunday school. But that is gone for the most part in this generation. So we can't just expect them to flock into the church. We need to go out and minister to them. 
So we minister to families to minister to children and minister to children as part of that ministry to families. And we'll talk about some practical ways to do that. But I just want to plant that seed. They need to come to Jesus. And that means we need to be intentional. We need to go out. It's not easy anymore. It is difficult, but it's still a work worth doing because Jesus values the next generation. We need to say yes to this next generation. But notice that they are a part of his kingdom, secondly. Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes we use, we use this terminology. Well, you know what? Children are, the ne- or children are the future of the church. No, children are the present of the church. They are part of the church. Even children that come to Christ, we have this unique leveling reality that we're all blood-bought brothers and sisters in Christ, even the little children that are around us. We need to value them. We need to minister to them. We need to see them as that. That, uh, that there's not, and that's one, why, one reason why the disciples were rebuking, you know, stay out. We don't want you a part of this because the master and the kingdom and all that. No, no, we're equal. The littlest child that's a follower of Christ, the littlest child, the littlest innocent child, the littlest baby in the, in the, in the, in the crib is, is part of this great family, the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, don't forbid them, let them come. And we need to now go get them and be part of that going forward and, and being intentional and going out. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. And he says, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And then he takes action. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. He, he did touch them. And that reminds me, and it should remind all of us, that we need to intentionally be involved. The next generation needs us to bring them into the kingdom. You say, well, I don't have children. Children aren't my thing. Children make me nervous. Got it. Understand. But you know what? This is not optional. This is what he calls us to do. He calls us to be people who just put our emphasis on reaching the next generation because they are the church now. So how do we do that? Well, first of all, we understand there's a need. Now, uh, I'm here in Charleston, West Virginia, in Kanawha County, and sometimes we think of this county and our community. It's, we're, in a, we're in a community that has shrunk over the years, and we maybe don't like that, but that's, that's the facts. And we might think that we're an aging uh, community, and that's, that's, that's true. We are an aging community. However... Here in, in a relatively small county, you know, compared to the rest of the, of the world, rest of the country, we're in a small community, small city, small county, population-wise. In the Kanawha County, there are 35,625 persons under the age of 18 who live right around us. You might say, that's not a large number. Well, that's plenty. That's plenty for us to reach. We have plenty of raw material. So we can't say, well, we're an aging community. We don't reach the next generation. No, no, no. The next generation is there. They're here. And we need to reach them. And uh, we need to go out and get them. Why? Because Jesus took that effort to put his hands on them and to pray over them. Just to show us we need to reach these hands out and to serve in our community to reach these children. So we need to think about how we do it. That's the second thing I want to say. Remember we've talked about pray. We're going to make a commitment to pray for the next generation. Secondly, we need to make a commitment to serve the next generation. That could be just as simple individually as you and the children that you may be around you, neighbor kids, relatives, nieces, nephews, whatever, maybe when they're around, say, hey, can I read you a story? And pull out that Bible storybook. Don't have a Bible storybook? Go to Amazon and order one, okay? Order a good one and have it available. Or just read right from the pages of Scripture and, and introduce them to Jesus. Because in this post-Christian culture that they're living in, they're not getting it from the culture around. 
you and I need to deliver, deliberately and intentionally bring it to them. So I want to encourage you. It's as simple as that. And uh, invite them to church functions. You're doing, we're doing something for kids, and we've got some great things coming up. Even, even this week starting, bring them. Come. Well, I don't usually come. You do it to bring some children with you and encourage families to be a part. We're making this easy so you be involved in it. So how do we do this? Well, how do we say yes to the next generation? We do it by saying yes to pray for this next generation. I've already called us to that. We need to serve this next generation. You can do that just simply as reaching the kids that you can, but here's a great opportunity we're going to go forward with as a church. And so I encourage you to be involved in all that. I want you to think with me for just a moment. If you're an adult, and obviously most of us are, I want you to think when you were a child, did you ever expect as a child, did anyone else expect you to be a follower of Christ, living for him, honoring him, glorifying him, serving in a church today? Maybe so. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home. That was the expectation. Maybe you grew up in a home where that was not the case and you're in a place that no one ever expected. I simply say that to remind us of this. The children that are around that you know, the young people around that you know, where might they be if they are not prevented from coming to Christ? but they can come and have this relationship with him. What great things may they accomplish for the cause of Christ in days yet future. To ensure that, let's be people who pray for the next generation. Let's be people who serve the next generation. I just want to finish by reading these verses one more time, just to really cement this concept into our mind. I just want to read verse 14 of the 19th chapter of Matthew. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Let's say yes to the next generation. Thank you for joining us for Living the Word today. We appreciate your sharing in this study of the scriptures. And thanks too for your prayers and for letting others know of this ministry as we seek to be living the word today. We would love to have your feedback and to hear from you. And the best way to contact us is through our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Until next time, may His blessing be yours.